read this little passage that many of us have read before and probably even sung about, hide it under a bushel, no, I'm going to let it shine. But we've got to remember, keep in mind this word Jesus says in verse 13 and 14. He says, you. Jesus was kind of a little Louisiana there, okay? It's like, y'all. Y'all need to understand. Y'all are the salt of the earth. Y'all are the Tony Saturies, okay? <laughs> but y'all are the light of the world. And the y'all people that Jesus is referring to is those people that he mentioned in verse verses 2 through 12. Those ones that we had the persecuted and the, and the others. This list of people. This list of people would have, would have stood in a very uh, massive contrast from the kinds of people that culturally would have been seen as the salt and the light. Those who had the ability or the training to lead others in this matter of morality or spirituality. So what exactly is salt of the earth? What exactly does it mean to be the light of the world? And what does Jesus want us to do as we follow him? That, that phrase, salt of the earth, have you ever used that phrase before ex- describing somebody? That family, that person, they're, man, they're salt of the earth. They're just so sweet. You, don't, you, you won't find anyone quite like them. When I uh, first started chasing after Lizzie, I found a guy who had gone to her parents' church, and I sat with him. I bought him some chicken wings and started to ask some questions about Elizabeth Hill. And I said, tell me about this girl. And we sat at Buffalo Wild Wings in Alexandria, Louisiana. And he said, let me tell you about that family. They are salt of the earth. First words out of his mouth about that family. And he said, you won't meet a better girl than Elizabeth Hill. She's incredible. And I, to this day, think he, like, downplayed it. She's even greater than that. And, and she's unbelievable. And she's salt of the earth. When, when somebody's described that way, you're saying that they're honest, they're hardworking. They, they, you might be saying they're down to earth. They're, they're easy to connect with. They're, they're lovable. They're kind. They, they, they're just a little bit different than just the ordinary. They're, they're the salt of the earth. You know, salt, it, we, it's seen as kind of a basic and a yet essential ingredient. And so people who are salt of the earth are similarly fundamental and yet valuable members of society, of a family, of a church, of a business, And so they are described in such. Couldn't imagine doing life without those people. They are salt of the earth. But imagine being in the crowd that Jesus was teaching to that day. These people that didn't have life altogether. There was brokenness in their story. And he's looking at them and saying, you, y'all are salt of the earth. You are valuable. You mean something to this kingdom. Pretty powerful. Pretty wild. 
They weren't just dirt, maybe as others would have seen them. No, 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 no. They carried value. You know, salt of the earth, it also implies that this person is someone who can be depended upon. They're reliable and trustworthy. And that they bring a sense of stability and integrity to the people around them. They bring value not only to themselves, but they bring out value in others. We're in Louisiana. I'm not a great cook, but I know there's many great cooks in this place. And you know with the right amount of salt, it actually brings out flavors in the food. It's amazing. And that's what Jesus is saying to this group, saying to these followers, you have a role to play in this world. You're not here by accident. You weren't born into the generation you were born into. You weren't born into the family you were born into. You, you, you don't go to the school. You're not a part of the business that you're a part of all by accident. No, no, no. God orchestrated and ordained. He knew I need to put some salt in this situation. And I can trust that this person will bring the value and bring out the value in others. To call someone the salt of the earth, it, it really is to express a deep respect and admiration for who they are. To, 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 to underlie, underline the importance of the role they play in the community that they're in. And so here's Jesus speaking to the ones, and I'm emphasizing this, but speaking to the ones that most people would have said, that's not salt of the, Jesus, you got the wrong goggles on. You got the wrong glasses on. But Jesus knew what he was doing. Going even further into this salt of the earth, it, it's important to remember that salt has been uh, an incredibly important commodity, commodity throughout history. First of all, some possible uses of salt in ancient times included preservation of food. Salt was used to preserve meat and fish as it helped to remove moisture and, and to limit the growth of bacteria. It was used as a seasoning to add flavor to food. It had medicinal uses. It was believed to have healing properties and was used to treat a variety of ailments. Every now and again, I'll get a canker sore in my mouth. I'm just sharing this with you. And what I'll do is get a big old cup of water, and I'll dump in a bunch of salt, and I'll gurgle that salt water. And I'm telling you, it doesn't take but couple of hours a day and my, my that sore is gone so i'm gonna say salt's got some medicinal uses tmi but that's okay <laughs> salt carried some religious and cultural significance was considered a symbol of purity and was often used in religious rituals and then finally trade salt was a valuable commodity and was traded over long distances. Many times they would have pouches of salt. And if they made a deal with somebody. You would actually take a little salt from your pouch. And put it into the person you were doing a deal with. Into their pouch. And what would happen is. What you're saying is my bond is as much. As much as my salt is now a part of your salt. My bond can't be broken. That's where that phrase, they're not worth their salt, kind of comes from. 
you'd be putting and saying, no, 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 this deal that we're making cannot be broken. But as far as I can tell, as you look at these scriptures, there was a massive compliment being handed out by Jesus this day. He's looking at this group and saying, you are important. No matter how they valued salt, no matter if those people heard the word salt and they thought seasoning, or maybe they thought uh, to preserve, maybe they thought religious, whatever they thought, no matter what they thought, they understood to be the salt of the earth was a compliment. And just imagine, I, 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 I can't help but think, in my time of prayer, when, when I read these scriptures, to, to hear Jesus say those words about me. Brendan, you're salt of the earth. You matter. You carry value in my kingdom. Jesus speaks those words over you as you read through his word and you read through Matthew 5. When he's saying, y'all, you are part of that y'all. You're valuable. Instead of pushing all these people aside, Jesus is pulling them in. You're necessary. And then in the very next verse, here he is saying, you're not just the salt of the earth, you're also the light of the world. Can you throw up Matthew 5, 14? Jesus, he says, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Now this statement can be understood in a few different ways. But one of the possible interpretations is this right here. Jesus is saying that his disciples, and by extension all believers, have a responsibility to share and spread the message of God's love and salvation to others. We just walked through follow to lead our small group. We talked about becoming disciple makers to reach our communities, to reach our world, to share this good news that, hey, there is a God that loves you. In the midst of your brokenness, in the midst of your whatever lifestyle you're in, there is a God that cares about you, that died for you, rose again from the grave for you, and now lives forevermore for you. And that good news is not just for this wonderful group in this room. It's not just for the wonderful group that is here on, 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 on Sundays. This good news is for all of Zachary, for Slaughter, for Pride, for, 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 for Watson, and for, for Baker. It's for North Baton Rouge. And so when Jesus is saying, hey, you're the light of the world, y'all are the light of the world, he's saying, hey, you've got a responsibility to show this world that there is a God in heaven that loves them. There's people who are lost and they're looking for a guide. Someone who knows the way. That can point somebody towards where they need to go. The metaphor of light, it also brings a sense of direction and purpose. We talk about the word of God being a light unto our feet. Light unto our path. We understand the importance of letting this word get into our life. And when I'm making decisions and when I'm praying, I'm opening up the word of God and I'm letting it do a work in my life. 
I'm trying to figure out decisions that need to be made. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to the Word. Why? Because it's going to shine a light on my situation. Well, in the same way, you and I, God's put us where we are to shine a light onto some dark situations. Those people you work with, they might have life they feel by the tail, but there are moments where they go to bed and they wonder, is there more? They wonder, what else is there to this life? And so there's this little bit of darkness in their life, and they're wondering, who can shine some light on that? And you've been put in the position, you've been put in to shine that light. You know, Jesus said, he said, you need to do your good works before men. Not that you're going to get the glory, but that your heavenly Father in heaven might get the glory. That's what it's all about. I'm shining the light, not so that Brendan can be praised, but that Jesus Christ through me and in me, that he can get the glory. I don't want my flesh to get the glory. I don't want pride. I don't, I don't want to be braggadocious. Instead, what I want to do is do my good work so that my Father in heaven might get the glory. I want to point people towards him in every situation that I walk into. And so here's Jesus saying, hey, I need some tour guides. I need some people that understand what I'm teaching right now. I need you to get a hold of this because there's going to be some people throughout the generations that need pointed in the right direction, and I'm looking to you. What's amazing is in this culture that Jesus was talking to, I mean, it was the religious uppity-ups. They kind of they kind of were the gatekeepers of the word of God, of the Torah and, and those, those, those prophetic writings. They were the ones that were in charge. And yet here was Jesus again saying, no, 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 I, I'm, I, I've, this thing's bigger than just a re- few religious folks. I need to get this into the hands of every person that is willing from the youngest in this room to the oldest in this room, God wants to use each and every one of us to be a light to our world, to be a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. And and, and I, I want us to be encouraged, hey, God places value on me on my day-to-day life. No matter where I'm going, no matter what, what I'm doing, He's put a light inside me that He wants to shine through. Whether I've been serving God for 10 minutes or for 100 years, there's value in my relationship with God. He's saying, hey, disciples, I want you to be visible in this world. I want people to recognize there's something different about you. You know, the Apostle Paul, he picks up the same idea in Philippians 2, 15 and 16. When he says, you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. You are going to shine like stars in the sky. I'm not a big boat guy. Not some nautical master. I don't even know if that's the correct terminology. But I'm not going to find myself lost at sea. I doubt it. 
if I do, man, life has taken a weird turn. But those sailors and those men on those boats, they know that they, when they're lost, they can look to those stars. And they can map the way to where they need to go. And here's Paul writing to the church in Philippi saying, you will shine like stars. You're going to be a guide to those people that are lost. As you hold firmly to the word of life. You've got to make sure, especially in the world that we live in right now, you've got to cling to Jesus. Cling to Jesus. Shine this light of the gospel. We are the salt of the earth. We are the light that God wants for this generation. Somebody said it this way. They said, you know, if God wanted, and you've probably heard this if you've been in church for any length of time, but if God wanted the apostles to live in 2023, he would have had them living in 2023. But instead, he is you and I living in this time, in this day, in this age. He trusts us with his word during these crazy, tumultuous days. He trusted you and I. Hey, they're going to stand. And they're going to be a light in this generation. When everything is kind of going to hell in a handbasket, uh, they're, they're going to carry this word well. That's so, I mean, that's pretty awe-inspiring to think about. But Jesus, he's calling, was calling his disciples then, and he is calling his disciples now to be an influence with the gospel in this world. To share this, this message of God's love and salvation for others. And so the question comes to this, where, where can we shine this week? Where can we shine this week? Maybe it's just in your home. I know it's summer vacation, so you're like, oh, I'm not going to school. I don't have to drive my bus. Hallelujah. Yeah, I'm going to do a little dance up here. But where can I shine my light that God's given me this week? Where can you encourage others with the gospel? Maybe it's just in your home. I say just in as if that's a small deal. No, 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 that's a big deal. Maybe you're shining the light and the gospel. Maybe you're encouraging a spouse. Maybe you're encouraging your kids. Maybe you're just encouraging a brother or a sister. But how can you shine your light this week? Where can you love others like Jesus has loved us? These are the questions that need to kind of be on the top of our mind and kind of just playing over a little bit on a loop in our spirit. This world is trying to make everything so relative. You believe what you want to believe, and so I'm going to believe what I want to believe, and we're, it's all relative. The truth is whatever you need the truth to be. And what that's done to the church is it's, in some ways, intimidated the church from speaking out. Well, they already got their belief system. It's kind of put a, you know, tape over the mouth of the church. 
And sometimes it's in our own in our own minds. We're like, I, I'm not going to say anything because I know they they go to their mosque or they do their thing. They don't go to church. They sit on their whatever. And yet Jesus is saying, hey, look for those moments where you can be that salt, where you can be that light in someone else's life. You know, Jesus said he was he is the way, the truth and the life. He was raised from the dead. He he, he, he's, he's gone to heaven and then he sent himself, the comforter, his spirit to us so that we could walk this life as the salt of the earth, light of the world. Let's all stand. I've got one more scripture here. Matthew 5, 17 through 20. This is what he is saying. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I've not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly, I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Therefore, anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commands and teaches others accordingly will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Here's Jesus saying, I've come to finish the job. The law was presented to Moses to start the job. And he's saying, but I've come to complete the law. He's going to see it through to the very end. And he's building a church. Not of salty like cranky people. Like we like to use the word salty today. Man, that person's so salty, right? They think God. No, no, no. But he's looking for a salty, redeemed church. To make a difference in our life, in our communities. I'm so happy he's not looking for a PhD. I'm so thankful he's not looking for a master's degree. I'm so thankful he's not looking for somebody that's fluent in Hebrew or fluent in Greek. But Jesus, he's calling the same people he was calling that day. The poor in spirit, the meek, the merciful, the hungry, the thirsty, the persecuted, and all those others. Tonight, he's calling us to be the salt of Zachary, to be the salt of our community, to be the salt of, of, at our job, to be the salt of our neighborhood. The story that you've lived and the life that you've lived, understand, you might look at it and say, man, it's, it's my life. I've wasted it. I've done this. I've done that. Can I tell you, God is in the redeeming business. And he wants to take what the enemy meant for evil, and he wants to use it for good and bring value to your life so that others can see his light through you. You would just close your eyes for a moment. I just want us to pray, God, let me be salt and light in this world. Can you just pray that for a moment? God, I pray, Lord, that you would challenge us tonight, Lord. 
You've called us. You've redeemed us. You've found us where we are. You've, you've redeemed our stories, our brokenness. God, where the enemy left us for dead, you brought back life, Jesus. And God, you didn't just do it so that we could enjoy the company and community of one another, but you did it with a purpose so that we could make an impact in these last days, Jesus. I pray, God, that you would help us, God, to share this light, to share your love, to share your goodness with others, Lord. I pray, God, let us be the salt of our communities. Let us be the salt of the earth. Let us not only bring, bring value in and of ourselves, but value to others through you, Jesus. God, we ask that you would help us to be the light also of this community. Let us show your good works. Let us, let us point to you in everything we do. If it wasn't for the grace and mercy of God, where would I be? But thank you, Jesus, for the blood. Thank you, Jesus, for your mercy. Thank you, Jesus, for your grace that, that found me at my low point and redeemed me, God. Jesus, I pray, God, that you just challenge us throughout this week, Lord. Challenge us. Let those questions be on repeat. Who, who can I show your light to? How can I show your love in, in today, Lord? We'll give you the glory for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise God. We love you all. Don't forget, we do have service 1030 on Sunday. We love you all so much. Hope you have a great rest of your week. Amen.